by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. This is the place I want to be. You are my brothers and sisters, and God is doing a special work here to Passion Church. Do you know, uh, Brother Buddy, sitting there beside Miss Sandra, he gets here about an hour early every Sunday. And uh, he, he pays a, a taxi cab to get to the church. Now that's dedication. Round trip, 60 bucks. He invests each Sunday to get to church. That man loves church. And the first thing he did when he came through the door this morning was help, me, help him fill out his tithe envelope. Because he can't wait to give. Man, with hearts like that, how can we fail? We, when we pray for God to send laborers to our church, that's what we're praying for. People with a heart that understands the church and what we do. And it's just beautiful. And you know, you know why the church is beautiful? Because Jesus is beautiful. He's the head of the church. He's what makes the church beautiful. It's him in us that makes us even tolerable to one another. <laughs> Isn't that true? You remember how we used to be, but now we can come and we can smile and we can mean it. You know? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I know we've been saying it all morning already during the praise and worship, but we can't say it enough. Thank you, Jesus. You saved me from hell. <laughs> you gave your life for me to show me how much you love me. You came and became one of us and and laid down your life so that I could have eternal life. And now you're preparing a place for me. And now you're, you're praying for me. And you've sent your spirit to live in my heart. And because your spirit's living in my heart, I can live life more abundantly now. I can really experience true life that I never understood before. I have a hope that anchors my soul because, because of you, Jesus. Somebody just tell him thank you. I mean, if we can't tell Jesus thank you, we, we're... We're not thinking straight this morning. We ain't, we ain't got to the place where we even need to crack open his word yet if we're not thankful. Because if we're thankful and we're ready to receive, God is going to rock your world this morning. God, you are so good. Jesus, you are my friend forever. You know, even before I was saved... Uh, I knew we were supposed to go to church. You know, the generation doesn't know that today. They, they are so devoid of morals and understanding of what church is and God. They've been corrupted by the media so bad that the people growing up today, they have no inclination and no thought that church is even a thing. They might not even have heard the name Jesus other than passing in a cuss word or something. But at least when I was growing up, I knew I should be in church. And I had a background of church. I grew up Catholic, you know, and went to Mass when they made me to and stuff like that, you know. But as I grew older and my life began to fall apart, I started thinking about it more. You know, after I sowed all my wild oats, so to speak, you know, some of us thinking, we've still got some oats left, but no, <laughs> let them go. You know, you sowed those. And, and so 
when, when we had our first kid, Kaylee, and she was young, I remember talking to Angie, I said, we need to get into church, you know, we need to give our child a chance to know God. You know, I believed in God, I just didn't do anything to prove it. <laughs> but I didn't show him I loved him very much, but I don't know if I did love him, I had to understand him, but I still knew he was God. And I said, I need to give my, my kid a chance, you know, so... I remember me and Angie, we went to this big church in Memphis, one of those churches, you know, you, you got to take a helicopter up to the top ro rows up in there. That's where we would sit, too, you know. We'd have to rappel down after the service. It was so, so high. I mean, you couldn't, you had to have binoculars to see the preacher. He was so far away. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, we started going every now and then. You know, I'd make an appearance once every couple months, do God a favor, say, Look how I did you, God. I, I went to church. You know, I'd even slip a five in the, in the offering plate, you know. Say, so, see, I'm serious, God. You know, I thought, I, you know, I was doing God a big favor. Uh, that's what he wants, right? He wants us to show up and to give. And, and so, you know, I did that. And I thought everything was cool. And then uh, one day we were sitting there up in that top row. And preacher said something about coming down front, you know. Come on down and give your heart to Jesus, something along those lines. You know what, what those preachers say at the end of a service. <laughs> you know, they're always trying to pull on somebody, trying to give them what they got, you know. And uh, so anyway, I, was, I wasn't really thinking about what he was saying, but I, I turned to Angie. I said, you know, we should join a church. It would make us look better, <laughs> you know. We should, we should go more often. You know, I feel good. This, this makes me feel good doing this. And so I said, let's go on down. And so we went around the mezzanine, down the elevators, down the contraptions and everything to get to the bottom. By the time we got to the front of the altar, the church service had closed, and <laughs> there was just a few workers cleaning up the altar down, you know, and I'm just kidding, but there was, there was a few people left down there, but most everybody had left the service. But I went down there and I said, hey, uh, me and my wife want to join a church. What are we supposed to do? And he says, sir, uh, I'm glad you asked. We're, you know, we're glad you came down. L let us talk to you. Come on back with us. And they brought us in. And it was like an interrogation room. I mean, they put me in one room and they separated us and put Angie in another room. And there, were, there was a lady talking to Angie. And, and this is true? You, you know, she's probably drunk. But... <laughs> <laughs> just <sighs> no no she wasn't that w but uh, uh anyway I was over here in this room and this guy started telling me something about what the Bible said about Jesus and all that st stuff I'd you know listened to before and he said do you want to say this sinner's prayer and I'm thinking, well, is this what I got to do to join the church? And so he led me through this prayer, and I said what he said. And he said, now, how do you feel? And I said, I feel pretty good. Is it, are we members now? And uh, he said, what is it that you want? And I said, well, I want to be a good man. You know, I, and, and, and the whole time I remember it was all about me I wanted it to self-help me I wanted it to be you know I know I needed to change and I was like maybe if I join a church 
That's what will happen, you know. And so I said this sinner's prayer, and you know what happened? I'll tell you later. But you're thinking to yourself, how did this guy become my pastor? <laughs> With that wife. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. It wasn't because I suddenly became a good person because I started going to church. It was when I gave my heart to Jesus and he came in. And I went whole hog and just followed him from then on out. You know, how do you become a pastor? Some people go to seminary, years of schooling and training. I, I don't have any of that. I didn't do any of that. I wish I would have. I wish I would have had that opportunity. But I didn't. Uh, it was just a school of hard knocks. And it was a school of I care. I'm so in love with Jesus that I can't keep my eyes off his word. It's like Brother Joe. You know, how's Joe going to become a pastor one day? He's whole hog for Jesus. How did Joe learn to read? By reading the Bible. Joe is so serious about the things of God by, by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide him and, and following, being a follower of Jesus. And God will put you where you need to be. I'm not saying anybody needs to be a pastor, but, I mean, I think Joe has a, the calling on his life. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he may want to be evangelist, whatever. But whatever God has for Joe, that's what Joe wants. And he's not trying to be anybody he doesn't want, that, that God doesn't want him to be. He's trying to be who God created him to be. And if you will follow God in that way, just go whole hog, that's what God will do for you. Another thing, the reason I'm pastor here is not because of my good looks and my ability to say big words. I was going to try to use one, but I couldn't think of one. Uh, no. <laughs> it's, it's because I simply love this church more than anybody else. I've been here 27 years, and, and it ain't always been easy. But I simply love this church, you, you know, I stayed during the hard times. There was times when everybody else was quitting. You know, there's probably not, I don't know, four or five families in the church that were here when I first came. And I, I, they're such good people. They stayed planted where God has put them. And uh, they're growing. And they're the pillars of this church. And so, you know, there's something to say about being planted by the living waters. You know, God places you, the Bible says he places you in, in the body of Christ where he sees fit. And when you find that fit and you know this is where God has placed me, I'm not going to uproot myself. You know what happened to a plant that's uprooted? It, it's removed from the vine. It's not getting the resources that it needs. God places you in the, the body of Christ where he sees fit. And until he says go, I mean, there's some people who have left. They, and they moved or something, or, you know, for other reasons. They were left to, for a ministry or whatever. You know what? They're still planted here. They're still our family. But there's some people that just, you know, jump and hop churches like, you know, it's the latest restaurant that they, they enjoy. You know, they pick and choose. You know, church is a, is a family environment, and that means... 
that you, you, you know you have an attachment to the place. It's, it's the people that you profess to love and to, to, to do life with. And, and then when things go crazy, you can say, well, that happens in my regular family. Right? When things don't go the way you... When the pastor says something that steps on your feet or, or something like that, you can say, well, you know, I'll forgive just like I forgive my brother at home or just like I forgive my mama when she yells at me when she shouldn't. You know, people are people, right? But we stay planted. And, and I just simply, I would argue that I have loved this church more than anybody. I've been serious about it since I've been here. I've been in, you know, worked my way up to leadership teams and, and, and the pastors at those times would say, oh my goodness, here he goes again. He, he's too passionate. He, he doesn't know how to control himself. I, I've made a fool. Of, I, you know, have you ever been a fool for Christ? For 27 years I have been a fool for Christ here at this church. Not always knowing what I was supposed to say, not always doing what I was supposed to do, but doing it with my whole heart. And you know, when others left and... And sadly, when others passed, uh, I was the man left standing, you know. And, and so that's how I became the pastor. And until you see the church for what it is, what it truly is, I don't think any of us will really step into the fullness of the life that God has for us. You say, well, I don't see, you know, church is just something I do on Sundays. I'm sorry, but you don't have an understanding of what church is at all. I used to, when I first got saved, I did whatever I was supposed to do at the church, but I, I had all these interests outside the church. We had our band, and, and we was becoming a nonprofit ministry so we could serve the Lord. And I, I wanted to give my money where I wanted to give it, you know, into different things that I was a part of. And, and I just saw the church as just like a filling station, just an, a, a part of my life. But as I've grown and my understanding of what God intends for his people is to be living stones in that house. And to, that house is where we come together as, as allies and we play off of each other's strengths and we all give what we have together like the early church in the book of Acts. We share with one another and we grow together and we overcome together and we have you know, the world has gangs. We have our, our peeps at church, right? How many of you have been down and someone in here came and sat with you and cried with you and, and talked to you and encouraged you? This, these are the things that this church has done for me. And that's why I would argue I love this church so much. That, and like Angie always says, he never knew when to quit. <laughs> I simply haven't known when to quit. I'm, you know, faithfulness. Faithfulness, not knowing when to quit, and just simply loving what God's love is, is, is what led me to become pastors, not because of anything else. Uh, many of you can attest to that. <laughs> it's just faithfulness to to be where God called me, when he called me, and to, to begin to allow him to mold my thinking of what we are trying to accomplish. Jesus said, what, I will build my church. This is what God's doing. And some of us, like I said, 
We need to let God speak to us. And we're going we're gonna to be in a new series called We the Church. If you want to reach your potential and the things that God has for you, the church is your avenue. The church it should be a very important ingredient. It should be the launching pad for everything that God puts in your heart. And when we support the local church and we, we, we hang together, God will make sure that our dreams come true. God will make sure that you get to where you need to be. And if you never quit, I'm just winging it today. I hope you don't mind. I'm just talking about what I love. But, you know, maybe this whole row, maybe this whole row, it breaks my heart because lives could have been changed. Somebody could be sitting there, life changed like mine was, taken out of addiction and and generational curses. And, and I think of how many people who once sat in those chairs and they were offended to buy something. I would say many of these rows that should have people in it all got offended about something. You know if you're anywhere long enough, you'll get offended? Because, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And so you're going to get offended wherever you go. You're going to have a chance to, to just jump and run from whatever you become a part of. I didn't quit. I've been offended. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> Acts 20, verse 26. Apostle Paul never quit either. He said, I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. In other words, I have preached to you the gospel over and over and over. I've showed you the way to salvation, the path through Jesus, through faith, by the grace of God. I have shown you. He said, I have it's not my fault. You have just rejected my message. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. He says, so... So guard yourselves and guard each other. Guard yourselves and guard God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, His church. What is God's flock? His church. You running around out there like you don't need the church? Whoever I may be speaking to, not anybody in here. You're running around like you don't need the church. You done got away from the flock. You're the one Jesus has to leave the 99 all the time to go get. You're the one out there by yourself, the, de the devil roaring around like a roaring lion. He's the one you're always having to be protected from. But what is the flock? What is God's flock? It's this church. And what was purchased with his blood? The church. If Jesus would spill his blood for the church, I think it should be important to little Christians. 
and over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. Do you hear that, leaders? I speak first to those who are in leadership in the church, but I also speak to every one of you because we're all leaders. When you become a Christian, you become a leader. You have the power to lead people to the words of eternal life. Do you hear that you should guard yourselves and guard God's people? Do you feed, do you feed the flock? Are you faithful? And are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If you do these things, you can declare before the Lord that I have been faithful. And if anyone suffers eternal death, it won't be my fault. Can you say that? You can. Just get a proper perspective. So the question today is part one in this series. It's entitled, What Are We Doing Here? Look at your neighbor say, what are we doing here? Let me tell you a few things the church is not. It's not a building. It's not a denomination. It's not just a place to soothe your conscience like I was doing. For so many years, you know, give God, I'll go to church once every couple months to stay right with God. That's, this is not for that. You're, you're, you're not doing God a favor by being here once every two months. I don't know how we could do God a favor, <laughs> you know. It's not a, just a classroom for us to get puffed up with knowledge. A lot of people think, Church is a place where I'm going to go get mine. I'm, somebody, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to get some wisdom so I can apply it and build my kingdom out there. And they get all puffed up with knowledge. It's not that knowledge is wrong. It's not that any of these things in themselves is wrong. It's not that the church doesn't have a building. It's not that the church, you know, may not have a denomination or does or what, whether that matters. It's not whether your conscience is soothed. It's not whether you, you get some knowledge. All those things are not, maybe not bad. But that's not essentially what the church is. And the church is not a, a piety society. <laughs> a place where you go because you say, look at me. Ain't I right? Don't I have myself together? And we look at each... And... That's not hard to do because I know who I was before. And then just a little bit of word of God in my life, a, a little humility <laughs> that he's still working on. And before you know it, I begin to experience freedom in my life, freedom from addiction, freedom from the things that were holding me captive. Now all of a sudden I can meet the bills, you know. Now all of a sudden I'm not saying if this and if that every other sentence. Now I have a little bit of respectability in my, the way I carry myself. And, and, you know, the temptation is there to say, well, I'm better than those who don't do these things. 
You know, the temptation is to, to get self-righteous. But this is not a piety society. And it's not a so, just a social club. We're the warm, fun-loving church. We have fun together. I, I love everything we do. We're going to have something special tonight, right? But it's not just those things. The Greek word for church is ecclesia. And it's defined as an assembly or called out ones. Have you heard the new trend today where people say, I don't go to church, I am the church? Oh, they say that all the time now. That's, a lot of people, I've, I've noticed that, you know, mostly squirrely people. <laughs> Me and Tom, we'll knock on doors and tell people about Jesus and and they'll, they'll come up with that. Well, I, where do you go to church? Well, I don't, but I am the church, you know. I, I have church by myself. And to be the squirreliest person and the squirreliest theology you ever heard in your life, that in itself is squirrely theology. Because if the word ecclesia means an assembly, how can you assemble by yourself? And it means called out ones, plural. Called out ones. Called out from what? Called out from the world to be ye separate. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Called out from the world and then called out from the walls of this church to go tell others. The church is a physical manifestation of Christ his body you've heard people say I'm the hands and feet of Jesus you are we are the body of Christ Jesus calls us that in 1 Peter 2 5 talking about the church he says you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple so it, you can't be the, if, if the most you can be by yourself is just a little living stone, but you can't be the church. It's when you come together and everybody fits together in the place that God puts them that we are made into the temple of God. You're important. Do you understand how important you are to the, to the body of Christ? And the new trend today since COVID and everything is, well, I'll just watch it online when I don't, in that morning when I wake up and say, I don't feel, I wasn't glad when they said to go to the house of the Lord. I would be more glad to go back to bed. And so I'll just watch it on TV today. And that's why we got a church with a bunch of holes in it. That's why we got a church that largely ineffective and apathetic in the time that we, God needs his church to rise up the most. Do we think that we, through voting, through our social media feed, can change the world? Or do we think that God will use us as living stones, as a temple of the, the, the Lord, with the power of God begin to change our world? Together. We, the church, 
I was so excited to preach this. I, I've been knowing it's coming. So excited to preach this. And th this is the lowest attendance that I've seen in months. You think that's by accident? Or do you think the devil knows what I'm preaching today? Some people I know are sick. I don't know where others are. But it's an attack. The devil cannot let us understand how strong we are, we the church, together. He's peddling false information to all of the church that we don't need each other. We just need a relationship with Jesus. That is so selfish that the people who don't share their faith, don't do anything. I have my own personal relationship with Jesus. I don't need a church. I don't need to, sh to be a part of anything else. I understand that it's hard. I understand that the church is full of hypocrites because we all are. But you joining with us is not going to make that big a difference. We are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As, as you do what we did this morning, you think about his love. You meditate on Jesus Christ and how much he loved you and how much he gave for you and the blood that he spilt to build this church. Then you're willing to make spiritual sacrifices. Is anybody willing to make a spiritual sacrifice these days? Is anybody willing to sacrifice at all? Or has the American dream gripped our heart tighter than the gospel? Is it only about me and what I can get? Or like Callan says, is it about me and what I can give? Can I make a sacrifice to help someone? Can I give sacrificially? Can I love unconditionally? Can I get outside of my own insecurities and stand with courage and boldly profess that Jesus Christ is Lord in this dark and dying generation? We can. And we will. We're going to make spiritual sacrifices that please God. I want you to determine in your heart right now that this life is more than, a, than about you. Because that's, that will implode. You self implodes. But if you'll get your eyes off of self, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And you will become a new person. The church is also a mystery which reveals God's wisdom to both us natural beings and would you believe the spiritual beings, the angels and the demons and all those? 
You know, the Bible says that the prophets of old who prophesied the coming Messiah and prophesied how he would die and how he would be resurrected, all the prophecies of old, those prophets longed to look into the things that we now know about. They didn't even know what they were saying. They were just saying what God told them to say. They didn't understand. And also, would you believe that the very angels of heaven saw God doing this? They saw Jesus on the cross, and I guess they must be thinking to themselves, what is the Father doing? This doesn't make sense. We could rescue him with just one legion. Why is he allowing this? It was God's mysteries. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows all things. And we should never question the way he does things, but we do. And we have these mysteries. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, Paul says, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. God uses the church it says he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He uses the foolishness of preaching that man might be saved. And he uses his church to reveal his mysterious plan on the earth. Do you want to be part of God's plan? Then you must be part of his church. Because he's using the church to carry out his plans on the earth. What God is going to do in these end times is going to be through a church without spot or wrinkle. A people. A we the church. A we the people. A coming together. A humbling of oneself for a greater cause. A coming together to turn this world around. And to save mankind. You say, but the church is so messed up. It's not without spot or wrinkle. They got churches with bars in them right now. They got churches with homosexual pastors. They got churches with all these ungodly things going on. But there is a true church. And there is a church that doesn't sit and judge everything other churches do. There's simple humility and obedience to the Word of God and a trusting. There's faith. There's churches that say, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. It's through our faith that God will do what He's going to do. We don't even know His mysterious plan for this place in full detail. But He has revealed 
some mighty important steps. He has to reveal to us. And I can tell you right now, that's why I'm so excited about this church. Because I could go to 99 other churches right now, and I doubt one of them would be able to tell you as, what God has revealed to them as much as we are able to. And see, this is what we hook up with. God has given us, he said, write the vision and make it plain. We see the vision so that we can run with it. God has written it down and we say yes and amen. We believe that. And so God, we know what we need to believe for. We look at this and say, all over the world, this little church. And it's hard for our natural minds to grip and grasp and understand. But then we think about who our God is. And we think all things are possible to him who believes. We're going to do this. God says this, will he not do it? Is he not capable? Is his arm too short to save? Is our God not willing and able? Why would he say it if he didn't mean it? That's why I'm so excited. Because I walk not by sight, but I walk by faith. And so, remember I was too dumb to quit? In times like this, when you see we're barely getting by, God's got a plan. He's doing something. You know, God prunes and cuts back those things so that they can produce more fruit. I'm not discouraged. I am not discouraged. All right, tell me that again tomorrow, Angie. Remind me. But I am not discouraged. I... I believe. I believe. I guess that's enough for today. I've got so much, so much good stuff. Mm. Look at your neighbor. Say, what are we doing here? We're going to find out what we're doing here. We're going to find out what God is doing among his people. And who is the we? You know, Jesus spent most of his time trying to keep the disciples from killing each other. Trying to keep them on board. Trying to get them to trust him. To believe. To stop saying, am I going to be just able to sit to your right and left? To try to humble themselves. God's doing all that in here. Those are natural processes. You may look at yourself and say, man, I'm so far away from what you're saying, understanding the church, man, I, I'm just here to make myself feel better. Well, thank you for your honesty. I was there for so many years. But I'm telling you, God can change that. God's trying to get us to stop worrying and positioning, worrying about titles, worrying about positions, and he wants us to focus on two great things. The great commandment, the great commission. That's our focus. These will be the products. These will be the pathways. These will be the, the how we get theirs. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor 
love the we sitting next to you as yourself. And then to go into all the world, remember, Ecclesia called out. We're not just going to sit here and get puffed up with knowledge. We're going to do stuff with it. We're going to fill these empty chairs because we tell our co-workers, man, God's doing a work. Have you ever experienced the presence of God? Do you know He can forgive you of your sins? Do you know that He can, he can take away your depression and your oppression? Do you know God will untangle your mind and that He has a purpose for you? That's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on His two greats. Because we're the people. We, the people. We, the church. We're the ones that when Jesus preached a hard message that stepped on everybody's toes about somebody eating his body and drinking his blood, and he was speaking spiritually and they were listening naturally, they, they said, we're, we're, this is hard, we're leaving. And there's going to be hard times. In every church, I can promise you, there's going to be somebody gets on your nerves, some this, somebody got your seat. Somebody parked in your spot. But we are the ones when Jesus turns around to his disciples. He said, are y'all going to leave too? What did they say? Where shall we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. And we understand that Jesus has the words of eternal life. And you know what else? That's us. We're not leaving. We're not quitting. And you know what else? When, when Jesus preached, he would reach multitudes. That one time when he fed the 5,000, that was just the men. There was women and children. It could have been 10,000, 11,000, 12,000 people there in one crowd that he preached to. And he went around. It said, but read the book of Mark. You just see how pressed he was everywhere he went. He couldn't even get a moment to eat. The people was just all over. And, and he preached, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they were healed, and all these delivered. And then guess what? When he told them before he left to go to Jerusalem and wait for me, 40 days later, there was only 120 that was left. You're part of that group. That's this we. That's this we. We're going to be in position. When the Holy Spirit falls, we're going to be there. When God decides it's time to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost and take this nation, that's us. We the church. Isn't that good news? Doesn't that make you want to come again next Sunday? When you understand that you're a living stone in the house of God, how important you are? All right, well, let's close. Whew. I've encouraged myself. <laughs> I hope I've encouraged you. That's what we do. We encourage one another so much more that we see the day approaching. Jesus is about to come back. And I want to be about his business when he does. I want to be able to look him in, in the eyes and welcome him and not turn my head and say, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry.
Look, if you're here today, or if you're online watching, you just happen to run across this video or whatever, the church is important to Jesus, and he wants you to be a part of it. You're important to Jesus. He loves you. He cares about your life here on the earth. He, does, he cares mostly about your sanctification, your, your, your ticket to heaven. He don't want you to go to hell, but he cares about the part in between, and he wants, he wants to give you a job to do. You're talking about feeling important when God himself calls you and you step into the purpose that he has for your life. You know, when we look around sometimes, it's easy to want to give up. But you can't give up when you know God has called you to this. It just gives you a sense of importance. And you're, you can be God's child. You can be his holy priest, a living stone in the house of God. You remember I, I said at the beginning what happened after I said that sinner's prayer at that big church? Nothing happened. Because you know why? I wasn't, I wasn't getting it. I was in my head. And, and I was just thinking, you know, I want to be a good person. I want to do this. I want to do It was about me. But if I could get you to think about this for one moment, you can't save yourself. There's nothing you can do. You can't be good enough, and you know that's true. But you can trust the one who was. It is through faith in Christ that we're saved. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says we're saved by grace. That is a gift that you don't deserve. Through faith in the Lord Jesus. It is the gift of God. It's not of works lest anybody should boast. It is a gift that God wants to give you right now. He wants to send His Spirit into your heart and make you right with Him. He wants, he wants to be able to call you my child. And he wants you to call him Abba Father. He wants you to know that you have eternal life. And he wants you to walk with him and discover the call, the reason you were created. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to impress him by church attendance and come twice a month. I mean, what can we really offer to God but what he wants? And what he wants is your faith that you trust and you believe He is who He says He is, that Jesus died on the cross and that He was raised on the third day for your justification, that you could be made right with God. Now, if you would simply say this prayer with me. In fact, let's close our eyes and say it together. It never hurts to say it over and over, but you only need to be saved one time. Once you're saved, you know that, that you know that you have eternal life. If you don't know that if you died right now, you would go to heaven, would you pray with me like this? Would you say, God, I repent of my sins. I know I can't earn heaven. But Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on my cross, and you were raised from the dead, and that you'll raise me from the dead from my spiritual death. Jesus, I give you lordship over my life. I belong to you. I decrease and give my heart to you. And I will follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.